The Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon. Welcome aboard. Here comes another one just like the other one. It's rinse, recycle, repeat when it comes to the weather these days. More wind and rain, snow and ice on the way. A winter weather advisory in effect along the Great Lakes till 7 tonight. This has the cleanup continues still from Tuesday's horrific windstorm. Three to five inches of lake effect snow and 50 mile per hour wind gusts could lead to blinding conditions this afternoon in ski country. Debate night in Des Moines. That's the other big story today. The final debate before the Iowa caucuses happened last night and only two candidates this time were on stage. We have never raised a tax. I've to. never raised a tax you at tried. all. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley duked it out at Drake University in a primetime debate on CNN. It got personal at times with each accusing the other of not telling the truth. If she says she's never said something, that definitely means she said it. You can go to DeSantisLies.com. Both candidates promised to get tough on the border with DeSantis vowing to finish the wall and have Mexico pay for it. Haley said she'll enact tough immigration laws and defund sanctuary cities. For me, it's very much about no drama, no whining, and getting results and getting them done. But DeSantis says Haley's your run-of-the-mill politician saying one thing and doing another. We don't need another mealy-mouth politician who just tells you what she thinks you want to hear just to try to get your vote. GOP frontrunner Donald Trump was not at the debate. Instead, he took part in a Fox News town hall where he talked about his first-term accomplishments. We did an amazing job, and the reason you know we have support is because of the job we did. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. And, and remember this. Our ultimate retribution is success. Meantime, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie dropped out of the race, making the announcement to supporters in New Hampshire. It's clear to me that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign for president of the United States. Christie said that protecting the nomination from Donald Trump is more important than his own personal ambition. Things are winding down at Trump's civil fraud trial in New York City. The judge in the case refusing to allow the ex-president to deliver the closing argument. This is only going to help President Trump in the polls. It's one more attack that's completely unfair. Former Trump lawyer David Schoen. In this case, you have a judge who's made it into a circus, constantly tries to mock President Trump. You have an attorney general who ran on an election platform of getting President Trump unethical and unheard of, and now he can't speak about that process. Trump's accused of inflating the value of his real estate to secure better business loans. He's being sued by the attorney general of New York for $370 million. Hunter Biden in court today in California to answer to federal tax charges. The president's son caused a commotion yesterday on Capitol Hill when he showed up unannounced during a House hearing. The political stunt happened while lawmakers were debating whether to hold Hunter in contempt for defying a congressional subpoena. So I think the American people got to see two things. Number one, he was not there 
to answer questions. And number two, this is the second time that Hunter Biden has displayed in real time the arrogance and entitlement that he's had his entire life. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. We have some breaking news from overseas today. An oil tanker has been hijacked in the Gulf of Oman. It was boarded by several armed men who redirected that vessel into Iranian waters. The incident is the latest in a series of Red Sea attacks where Iran-backed rebels target commercial vessels in retaliation for Israel's war on Hamas. It's a first when it comes to capital punishment and it's playing out in the state of Alabama. Kenneth Eugene Smith is scheduled to be put to death on January 25th. When the time comes, a judge says Alabama can use nitrogen gas. Fordham Law School professor Deborah Denno. This is a method that's never been used, as far as we know, anywhere else in the world. Opponents say it would violate the constitutional ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Alabama corrections officials say the nitrogen gas will quickly make him unconscious and kill him within minutes. Correspondent Jennifer Kuyper. Also from Alabama, it's the end of an era in college football. Legendary Bama coach Nick Saban calling it a career. College football analyst Bryant McFadden. He's number one because he's been so consistent. He's number one because of his ability to adjust in different eras of college football. Bringing in so many top-level high school prospects. The 72-year-old Saban won six national titles over 17 seasons with the Crimson Tide. He has seven to his name, the most of any coach in college football history. Still to come on the Noon Report for a Thursday. Tracking turkeys, trafficking awareness, and tractor-trailer tragedy. Good afternoon, I'm Kevin Williams. We've got more inclement weather ahead over the next several days. I'll spell things out in the forecast in 10 minutes. All right, Kevin, we will see you then. News where you live next. There was a fatal fire last night in Athens, Pennsylvania. Another person was injured in that blaze at a home on Tyler Street. The fire started around 9 p.m. Today is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. Some people also refer to it as modern-day slavery. Experts say it's one of the fastest-growing yet least reported crimes. It is common. It's in rural communities. It's in city communities. It's in suburban communities. And those on the front line say there is no government solution to this. It's not a problem that will ever be solved by governments or businesses. It's going to require everybody doing everything they can to really help us identify when this is occurring. New York is fourth in the nation, trailing only California, Texas, and Florida when it comes to the prevalence of human trafficking. Pennsylvania ranks ninth. The grandmother of a Buffalo school student who died by suicide is suing the district, the school board, and the mom of the student who is accused of bullying. 12-year-old Darielle Reyes killed himself last May. Reyes' grandmother claims he was bullied both in person and online for several years, and the district did nothing to stop it. The Buffalo School District says because of the litigation, it cannot comment on the case. Thousands still without power from this week's wicked windstorm in Brockton, New York, Chautauqua County. A tree flattened this couple's car in the driveway of their home. The wind was just incredible. It was extremely loud, and 
honestly, I was a little afraid. The house shook when the tree came down. Trees are really quite dangerous, especially here where we get frequent high winds. A wind gust of 78 miles per hour registered in Watertown. The village of Dunkirk saw 74 mile per hour wind gust during the height of that storm. The driver of a tractor trailer facing manslaughter today for his role in a deadly crash in western New York on Tuesday. Two people had pulled over and two people had pulled over on Interstate 390 in Dansville to help a disabled big rig that was parked on the side of the highway. That's when a tractor trailer driven by a 55-year-old Canadian man struck and killed one of those two good Samaritans. The victim identified as 38-year-old Jason Marshall of Portageville. That's in Wyoming County, New York. 18-year-old Timothy Washburn from Allegheny County was hospitalized. COVID hospitalizations are up along with the flu and RSV in both New York and Pennsylvania. Although the COVID-19 JN1 variant does not appear to cause more severe illness, it does appear to be more contagious. The head of the United Nations Health Organization reportedly claims holiday gatherings likely led to increased transmission of COVID-19. The JN1 variant is now considered the most prominent in the world. It is an Omicron variant so current vaccines should still provide some protection. An increase in respiratory diseases across the globe have been reported due to the coronavirus, the flu, rhinovirus, and pneumonia. Dee Haley, Family Life News. Thank you very much, Dee. Pennsylvania politicians not expected to return to the state capitol until next month when Governor Shapiro delivers his budget address. The first votes for the 2024 legislative session won't happen till March. Michael Gear with the Pennsylvania Family Institute keeping a close eye on several policy items. The big issues ahead are the push for legalization of so-called recreational marijuana. There are several concerns on education, including court-ordered changes to public education funding. And then, of course, there's the aggressive pro-abortion agenda of the Democrats with bills looking to expand abortion right up until birth. House Democrats have postponed official business in Harrisburg until after St. Patrick's Day because of a leaky roof in in the House chamber. New York Republican congressional delegation is putting front and center the state's migrant crisis. Our governor has said flat out there's no room left in New York. There's no room at the inn. Don't send migrants here anymore. The GOP argues asylum seekers are a financial burden and safety concern. They're also calling for the ouster of the Homeland Security Secretary. Secretary Mayorkas has made this country less safe. He has taken an oath. He's failed his oath, uh, and he deserves to be impeached. But New York Democrats say the dereliction of duty argument does not hold water. This is a whole charade. It is a sham impeachment investigation. Let's stop using this as political theater and as a political weapon. It's worth noting New York's Governor Kathy Hochul largely ignored the migrant crisis during Tuesday's State of the State speech. Western New York State Senator George Borello says out-migration is also a huge problem in the Empire State. New Yorkers feel that they are not safe, that the state is not affordable, and that more and more people are making the choice to no longer live here. He says New York led the nation in population loss last year. People vote with their feet by leaving New York State. Borello says New Yorkers have had it with the leftist 
policies emanating from Albany. The one-party rule in New York State, the governor, the Democrats that control both the Senate and the Assembly need to take very seriously that their harmful policies are having a real impact. State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli warns the state will be swimming in a sea of red ink over the next few years with budget deficits ballooning into the multi-billion dollar range. If you're from Pennsylvania and have turkeys in your yard, the State Game Commission wants to know about it. It's seeking the public's help for its annual turkey brood survey. Pennsylvanians are asked to report the location of any turkey flocks they see between January 15th and March 15th. Sports is next. It's the two-minute drill as the Noon Report continues on Family Life. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the big news in sports revolves around three legendary coaches who are leaving. One in college football and two in the pros. The Crimson Tide are losing head coach Nick Saban. He announced his retirement yesterday. Saban had been at the helm in Alabama for 17 years, winning six national championships. Saban, who won a total of seven titles, never had a losing season in his 28 years as a collegiate head football coach. Pete Carroll is stepping down as the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Carroll had been their head coach since 2010, winning a Super Bowl and two NFC championships. He will remain with the Seahawks as an advisor. And the change most have been expecting to happen looks like it will. Bill Belichick, according to reports, is leaving the New England Patriots after 24 seasons. Belichick won six Super Bowl titles, a record that is unlikely to be topped by any other head coach. On to the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers dropped a tough one in overtime to the Atlanta Hawks, 139 to 132. Tyrese Maxey had 35 points, but Philly clearly missed Joel Embiid, who was out due to sore knees. On the ice, the Flyers edged the Canadiens 3-2 in a shootout. Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost scored in regulation for Philly. And then Sean Coutier scored the only goal in the shootout to give the Flyers the victory. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy Mann. still to come on the Noon Report AI in stores. Debate night in Des Moines. And it's closing time at Trump trial. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. In 2020, the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University found that just 2% of millennials have a biblical worldview. That's the lowest of any generation since surveys on the topic began. And according to a LifeWay research report, two-thirds of those who attend church as teenagers will drop out of church as adults. Simply put, many young people today leave the faith because they lack the necessary immunity from the bad ideas that are often taken for granted or outright promoted in our culture. Dr. William McGuire, a Yale psychology professor back in the 1950s, suggested that bad ideas behave kind of like viruses. Specifically, he thought that the more exposure one had to bad ideas, the less likely they would be 
to fall for those ideas later. McGuire tested his hypothesis by performing experiments in which he tried to convince subjects of lies, such as that brushing teeth is bad for them. Those who were given no preparation whatsoever for what they were about to hear were more easily convinced of the lie than those who were warned against a specific bad argument that they would hear. The group most vulnerable to falsehoods was not the one that had zero preparation, but actually the one who had merely had the truth reinforced to them. In other words, the subjects that were most easily deceived had been told things like, well, you know brushing your teeth is good for you. I mean, you've been taught this your whole life. When they subsequently then heard arguments that they'd never heard before against brushing their teeth, well, that group felt sheltered, even deceived. The least vulnerable group were those who had not only been warned against a bad argument that they would hear, but they had also been taught how to respond. They had been warned that they could hear additional bad arguments and they needed to be aware and vigilant. Now, one thing we can learn from McGuire's experiment is that the method that many Christian parents and churches are using to pass on the faith to the next generation, reinforcement without taking counter ideas seriously, well, that's the one most vulnerable to failure, especially in high pressure environments, you know, like universities. It also means that we don't have to give kids all the answers, but that they do need to be aware of the battle over ideas and they have to be ready to think for themselves. This requires that they're given a framework, a way of responding to bad ideas thoughtfully and confidently. And that is exactly what Dr. Jeff Myers and the team over at Summit Ministries has been doing for students and with students for decades now. Not only does Summit know how to immunize students against bad ideas by taking students seriously, the ideas seriously, and preparing students to defend their faith, but Summit helps students apply the truth claims of Christianity to every area of their life. The results of Summit training are measurable and impressive. An independent 2020 survey of Summit alumni showed that before attending a student conference, only about 40% felt able to defend their faith. After attending, that number skyrocketed to 90%. Chuck Colson once called Summit Ministries a gold standard for training young adults in Christian worldview, and I agree. In fact, I personally witnessed the transformation that God brings through a Summit Ministries two-week student conference. They're held this year at Covenant College in Georgia and at the Summit headquarters in Manitou Springs, Colorado. They fill up fast, so you need to check them out quickly. At these events, young people are given a Christian worldview about topics like abortion, doubt, deconstruction, evolution, gender identity, God's existence, sexuality, and more. If you know a student who needs to attend a Summit conference this summer, visit summit.org slash breakpoint. That's summit.org slash breakpoint. And if you use the code breakpoint24 when you register, you'll get $200 off. The numbers speak for themselves. Passing on a Christian worldview to our kids requires more than just telling them the truth. It requires us to help them love the truth and to gain the kind of spiritual immunity they need against those infectious bad ideas. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Thank you, John. Outside we go next, meteorologist Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast. A weak disturbance across the area today, bringing with it plenty of cloud cover and a bit of snow and a few sprinkles across parts of western central New York and the northern tier of Pennsylvania. High temperatures, 30s to near 50s. A few flurries around tonight, the low in the 20s. Clouds and a peak of the sun tomorrow. High temps, 30s and low 40s. Windy with snow tomorrow night, mixed with sleet and rain, tapering to showers on Saturday, flipping back to snow with gusting winds and falling temperatures on Saturday into, if not through, the 30s. All right, here here we go again with the wicked weather. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report. I'm Bob Price. Lots going on Thursday, the 11th of January.
January will start overseas. An oil tanker was hijacked today in the Gulf of Oman. It was boarded by several armed individuals and redirected into Iranian waters. The incident, the latest in a series of Red Sea attacks featuring Iran-backed rebels targeting commercial vessels in retaliation for Israel's war in Gaza. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis squared off last night in a debate in Des Moines just four days before the first in the nation Iowa caucuses. The White House wannabes traded barbs on policy issues and took some personal jabs as well. If you can't manage a campaign, how are you going to manage a country? You can take the ambassador out of the United Nations, but you can't take the United Nations out of the ambassador. The debate happened just hours after former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie suspended his campaign for president. Before departing the stage, Christie had this to say to supporters in New Hampshire. Anyone who is unwilling to say that he is unfit to be president of the United States is unfit themselves to be president of the United States. Christie referring to none other than Donald Trump, who skipped the debate to attend a Fox News town hall. Trump telling the moderators he already knows who his VP pick will be if he secures the nomination, but isn't disclosing that information yet. His trial in New York City is winding down. Closing arguments get underway today. Here's attorney Carrie Urban. The law in New York, in this case, has never been applied against someone in the way that it's being applied against against Donald Trump, full stop. Our research team were unable to find even a single instance of finding someone liable for overinflating, allegedly overinflating their real estate values without a victim. New York's attorney general seeking $370 million from the former president for allegedly overstating his net worth to secure better loans. Hunter Biden also set to appear in court today in Los Angeles to answer to federal tax charges. The president's son facing 17 years in prison if convicted on nine criminal counts. Yesterday, he crashed a House hearing on Capitol Hill. Here's reporter Ryan Noble. In a surprise appearance, Biden dramatically entered the hearings and sat in the front row, leading to shouting matches and chaotic moments with Republicans accusing him of taunting them. Hunter Biden showed up unannounced as lawmakers were debating whether to hold him in contempt for violating a congressional subpoena. As Randy mentioned in sports, it's a Official now, the New England Patriots have parted ways with their longtime head coach Bill Belichick. The 71-year-old has been with the team for 24 seasons, winning six Super Bowls during that time. Belichick had one year left on his contract, said to still be interested in coaching next year. Hundreds of athletes will protest today the annual convention of the NCAA in Phoenix, Arizona. It's because of its policy on transgender athletes. Many argue that allowing biological men to compete against women is ruining girls' sports. They could really step up here and do the right thing and save women's sports if they would just do the right thing. We all know we have a women's category for a reason and a men's category for a reason. And by putting male athletes in the women's category, they're making a mockery of the women's category. So we really need them to step up and we need them to do this for female athletes because sports can bring so much good. Megan Burke is a former two-time NCAA Division I track and field champion at the University of North Carolina. I mean, I have two little girls, and sports brings so much good, especially for girls, and they're taking that away from us, and they're taking scholarships, they're taking record boards, 
they were taking spots on a team and that is just completely unfair and in the name of inclusion they're excluding women they're discriminating against women in our own category 2600 athletes from all across america are in phoenix today for the ncaa convention the biden administration investing more than half a billion dollars to build a network of electric vehicle charging stations all across america the funds will be distributed to nearly 50 ev charging projects in 22 states and puerto rico the biggest of the box stores walmart says it will employ robots to help you shop this is just the beginning of how we're likely to see ai showing up in stores walmart isn't the only company doing this there are others already creating apps that will recommend grocery lists for recipes that you want to try or even help you dream up dishes based upon a photo of what's in your pantry. See Nancy and Sure. Holiday gatherings last month helped to spread the new variant of COVID. Almost 10,000 deaths worldwide were reported in December from the coronavirus. Hospital admissions increasing over 40% in 50 countries. A noticeable uptick in RSV and flu as well. Pediatricians say children are especially vulnerable. At the Hague today, the UN's highest court is hearing charges filed by South Africa. It says Israel's committing genocide in Gaza. The BBC's Yolan Nell is in Jerusalem. This is being taken very seriously at a, a political level. The president coming out saying that this is preposterous, atrocious, the claims that are being made against Israel. Next at noon, more on the war with author and speaker Susan Michael. She's talking about that ongoing war, a war that's been raging for nearly 100 days. It started October 7th when Israel was attacked by the terror group Hamas in what many are calling Israel's 9-11. Recently, Susan Michaels spoke with her own Greg Gillespie about why it's important for listeners to stay involved with what's happening in Gaza. Here's some of their conversation. This was the most horrendous attack against the Jewish people since the Holocaust. More Jews massacred in one day since the Holocaust. It came at a time where Israel actually thought that they were achieving uh, peace, and they were achieving peace with some of their Arab neighbors. But of course, with the jihadist organization on their southern border, Hamas, they're not interested in peace whatsoever. So this horrendous attack has left the people of Israel feeling uh, very vulnerable very confused and hurt. And the attack was one thing, but Greg, this onslaught of anti-Semitism around the world where we have thousands of people in the streets rallying in support of Hamas that just carried out a massacre of Jews is so uh, debilitating for the people of Israel. And they just don't understand why there's such hatred for them around the world when they try to be a blessing. And uh, so we are there to encourage them, to help them with practical assistance and let them know you are not alone. There are millions of Christians all around the world who are praying for you today, and we are the expression of their support and love for you. And it has really been very, very impactful. The calling for Christians these days 
for that matter, Jewish people of faith in the United States, what are the action steps that you would recommend to support the peaceful people who are in that part of the world? Well, we as an organization have had a three-pronged response to this crisis. First is prayer. And we are organizing prayer all around the world. Every morning we have a Zoom prayer call with almost 2,000 Christians around the world praying together. We have ongoing prayer watches. We have rotating three-day fasts. So prayer has been a big emphasis here because we have to understand this is a spiritual battle that's being expressed in a military attack. Secondly, we are raising money in order to do practical assistance in Israel. We're helping providing food and housing and all for some of the evacuees. There's 300,000 evacuees in Israel. These are Israelis that have been moved out of their homes because of the attacks going on in their areas. We're raising money for bomb shelters, for ambulances, for medical equipment. And then the third prong of our response has been advocacy around the world, where we have called up our national branches, like for me, I'm the head of the United States branch, to rally in support of Israel, to write letters to our government leaders, to the United Nations, to wherever we can make our voice known in support of Israel, and to push back against anti-Semitism. And so we invite your audience, get involved in one or two or all three through the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. These anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic protests and demonstrations, they may think that they are just supporting innocent Palestinians, but what about the innocent Israelis? Are, are there action steps for grassroots people in our listening area to deal with this, that among young people, there are so many who doubt the Holocaust and don't understand the history of anti-Israeli violence? Number one, educate yourself so that you are able to answer these accusations against Israel. We have an educational website we built several years ago called IsraelAnswers.com, and it's built to equip Christians with the answers that they need. Secondly, is wherever you encounter anti-Semitism, to stand against it. Call it out for what it is. And I know that takes courage and it takes boldness, but let me tell you, the day that we live in calls for boldness and courage. No more can we suck back and be quiet because being quiet actually helps the enemy. And so we need to stand up against anti-Semitism. And we are starting a whole program to mobilize Christians against anti-Semitism in the United States. So we invite your listeners to go there and sign up and get involved. That is Susan Michael, director of the International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem. You can sign that petition by going to her website, EC. EJUSA.org. That's ECEJUSA.org. Oh, good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life Regional weather forecast. We're watching a storm system in the western United States. It's going to come east, head into the Great Lakes, and bring our region another round of wind Friday night and Saturday with more precipitation, snow, and rain, and then plunging temperatures and lake effect will follow. In the meantime, a weak disturbance will cross the area today, bringing with it 
plenty of cloud cover and a bit of snow and a few sprinkles across parts of western central New York and the northern tier of Pennsylvania. High temperatures, 30s to near 40. A few flurries around tonight, the low in the 20s. Clouds and a peak at the sun tomorrow. High temps, 30s and low 40s. But windy with snow tomorrow night mixed with sleet and rain, tapering the showers on Saturday, flipping back to snow with gusting winds and falling temperatures on Saturday into, if not through, the 30s. All right, Kevin, seen that movie before. Thank you very much. Finally at noon, if you're from Pittsburgh and you like buffalo sauce, you may be in trouble for the next few days. Here's Family Life's Brian Query. Well, if you're a football fan, you probably know the Buffalo Bills will host the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend in a wildcard game. Often with these kinds of games, there are some fun rivalries between the cities, often involving food. Well, some Pittsburgh area restaurants are taking the heat and going the extreme measure of boycotting buffalo sauce and other buffalo-related products until the Steelers take on the Bills on Sunday. Buffalo dipping sauce will not be sold at select McDonald's locations in the Pittsburgh region. Others are refusing to sell buffalo chicken dip. According to the National Chicken Council, cooking chicken wings in hot sauce started in 1964 at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. And despite their popularity, at least for now, fans of buffalo sauce in western Pennsylvania will have to wait, thanks to this hot topic. Brian Query, Family Life News. All right. It will be settled Sunday afternoon. Thank you, Brian. And that's the world we live in Thursday, January 11th. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.